Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday morning. So let's jump right in. Today, the AKA put out a policy review of Kratom that was published by the Transnational Institute. The Transnational Institute is an international research and advocacy institute committed to building a just, democratic, and sustainable planet. And I thought that this policy review was really neat. The World Health Organization has it, as they're considering Kratom this week. And I thought I'd go over parts of it, you know, not only because people you know, these days don't tend to read that much. (laughs) I don't know. I I feel like I'm the only one of my age group of my friends who still read books. Um, So, you know, not trying to insult anyone, but it's just something I've noticed. So I thought that, you know, a lot of people might be missing some of the really great guts, guts of this, you know, policy review. And, you know, the other reason being, though, just it's super fascinating. In this policy review, they go into, you know, kind of like the history of, you know, Kratom being banned is not new. It has been banned before. It's been banned in multiple countries. What happened there? Why did one or two of them stop banning it? Why did one or two of them start banning it? What was the result? Was it helpful? Um, What were the intended consequences? What were the actual consequences? And, you know, all of this with context, what are the four most likely scenarios of the WHO making their decision and based on that decision what's going to happen afterwards it's just an awesome report i highly suggest people check it out i'm going to be going over some highlights here today but i'll also of course as always put a link in the description so that you can find this report yourself so the report is called kratom the creation of a threat a policy commentary on the world health organization pre-review of kratom And so, just to go over a little bit of the intro, it says, In this policy commentary, we first take a look at the developments in Southeast Asia, where the criminalization of Kratom significantly increased after Prime Minister Paxson declared a war on drugs in Thailand in 2003. This this intensified law enforcement in the region put Kratom on the radar. Yet Thailand, where repressive enforcement of the Kratom ban had reached dramatic proportions following Taxton's drug war, moved to lift the ban in August 2021. They then look at how Kratom became an issue of concern when it was labeled a new psychoactive substance, or an NPS, and how procedures established to expedite the scheduling process for NPS propelled Kratom onto the ECDD agenda. The origins of the World Health Organization pre-review of Kratom raise fundamental questions about the scheduling procedure, especially the impact of putting a plant with a long history of traditional use in the NPS 
context, remember. NPS, new psychoactive substance. They use that acronym a few times. And then the last little bit from the intro I wanted to share. Finally, we explore the different scenarios that could unfold and assess the risk that, once again, perceived problems with certain plant-based substances in the global north would lead to a global condemnation of centuries-old and largely unproblematic traditions with psychoactive plants in the global south. Super interesting, right? <laughs> this is why we gotta read, everybody. Crack open a book. This is just super interesting. This is right up my alley. I'm a policy nerd. I don't know much about policy, but whenever I learn about it, I'm fascinated by it. I'm a history nerd. I do know a bit more about history, though I'm no expert. Every time I learn about history, I'm super excited and I nerd out. So combining those things with Kratom, mm, 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 you got me. So let's dive into this report. So here's a snapshot of some of the consequences and what was behind the banning of Kratom in a few different countries. And it goes into this right away. Repressive enforcement of the Kratom ban in Thailand only really started with Taksin's war on drugs, which was responsible for about 3,000 extrajudicial judicial killings between February to April 2003. Remember, everybody, <laughs> this is me here, not the report. Remember, everybody, this is about Kratom. Like, isn't this nuts? I feel like it's hardly ever that we're reading something or hearing a news report other than the, you know, general news reports where they bring up, you know, Kratom from a smoke shop that had salmonella. It's rare that they're ever really talking about, like, just Kratom and have a lot of substance to it, you know? I love this report. It goes into so much detail, and, and it's sickening to hear about this war on drugs in Thailand. Anyway, I digress. All right. Taxon's policy also fueled conflict in the predominantly Muslim southern provinces, where in the following years... At least 5,700 people were killed, especially among the ethnic Malay population. Kratom law enforcement in the south of the country reached devastating levels in the following decade, including mass arrest and military operations to cut down trees, significantly increasing political tensions with Muslim communities. So now you have this like ethnic mashup coming out of this war on drugs. It's fascinating. Criminal prostitution and terrible, mind you. Criminal prosecutions of the use of kratom leaves rose from about 1,000 in 2004 to 2005 to 6,000 in 2009 to almost 19,000 in 2018. Wow. So, criminal prosecutions in Thailand raising, and for having kratom leaves, using them, 1,000 in 2004 to 2005, okay? 6,000 five years later, four years later. And then 19,000 nine years later. And Kratom-related court cases represented about one-sixth of the total of more than 300,000 drug-related court cases in Thailand between January and October 2019. You know, maybe this is just, maybe I'm nerding out too much about this, but isn't this interesting? Like, I didn't know any of this. I tried researching this and I couldn't find it. I, I'm going to have to, like, you know, dig through every single source in this thing just so I know where to look from now on because this is just really wild. Um, love learning about this. Let's see. I'm going to do quick math here. It says, um, 
about one-sixth of the total of more than 300,000 drug-related court cases were tied to Kratom. So, wow. So one-sixth, huh? Let's do that math. And that is 50,000. 50,000 cases. Huge. Okay, now it has a quote in here, okay? By associating Kratom with the Malay insurgent groups and vilifying the substance, the police have been able to constantly monitor and invade the communities of Malay peoples under the pretense that they are policing Kratom. This led to the emergence of a new conflict between government officers and advocates of cultural rights in the region. According to the Thai academic research group on Kratom, that played a crucial role in building the evidence base for the policy changes in recent years. And then it says, this is the final part, which I think this is really important, everybody, because it's relatable to, you know, what might happen um, if there are extreme laws put on it, you know, today. It says the crackdown also coincided with the emergence of new consumption patterns among youth, especially the popularity of a cocktail under the name 4 by 100. I've never known how to say that. But it's a mixture of kratom tea, cough syrup containing dihydramine or codeine, a caffeine-taking soft, uh, containing soft drink, and ice cubes. So that's interesting because it, it coincides with a different and more deadly, you know, way of taking something that's otherwise probably not that harmful. Okay, then it also says, you know, this ended up ended up triggering increased law enforcement against kratom in neighboring counties sorry countries as well kratom was ranked the number one drug of concern in 2004 by thailand okay so that was a big um chunk there that i wanted to read out um from some history having to do with thailand uh and that's more recent history in thailand than i was familiar with um earlier in 2004 Indonesia's Food and Drug Administration had added Kratom to the national list of ingredients of substances that were prohibited for use in traditional medicines and food supplements. This regulation, renewed in 2016, so that's 12 years later, is aimed at Kratom manufacturing for for domestic markets and does not ban Kratom consumption and export. However, Indonesia's National Narcotics Agency, the BNN, subsequently decided in 2017 to add Kratom to its list of new psychoactive psychoactive substances. Again, that's the NPS. Recommending Kratom be scheduled as a Schedule One narcotic drug. A transition period of five years was agreed to find alternative income opportunities for the estimated 112,000 people involved in growing, harvesting, and processing Kratom in West Kalimantan mainly for legal export to expand the U.S. market. Super interesting. Let's move on to Malaysia. Okay. In Malaysia, a proposal of the National Anti-Drug Agency to move Kratom from the Poison Act to the Dangerous Drugs Act was halted by parliamentary opposition. Kratom production in Penang, in the north of Malaysia, represents a significant livelihood for the local population. In March 2019, Malaysia's National Anti-Drugs Agency organized a side event at the Commission on Narcotic Drugs on addressing the threat of kratom and methamphetamine in Malaysia. (laughs) That's an interesting combo of things, kratom and methamphetamine. And in March 2020, during 
the Commission on Narcotic Drugs discussion about the World Health Organization's scheduling recommendations, Indonesia called for attention to Kratom and its high potential for addiction. <clears throat> Studies in the region have confirmed that, quote, prolonged use can lead to dependence and withdrawal problems, but that most Kratom users manage to deal with these symptoms on their own and that it does not, quote, appear to cause any significant impairment in their social functioning, unquote. Isn't that interesting? So here they are. Now they're admitting, hey, withdrawal is totally a thing. It's totally possible. You could withdraw off of Kratom, but no one else is going to know about it unless you feel like telling them. Keep that in mind, everyone. Okay, so then moving on here. It says, meanwhile, Thailand has made a complete U-turn on their policy towards Kratom. From 2019, the use of Kratom as well as cannabis in traditional medicines was permitted and cultivation, possession, and use in southern villages was decriminalized under a community control model. Then in May 2021, Kratom was deleted from the Net Narcotics Drug Act, yada yada yada, came into effect August 24th, which is, you know, the thing that everyone has seen in the news. So, all of that very very interesting looking at countries in asia who have a history you know a long history and a documented history a well-documented history of banning kratom seeing what happens and one of them unbanning it and now we get to see what happens okay so now moving on looking at the u.s a little bit the U.S. market in particular has grown exponentially in the past decade, with estimates for 2016 that several million consumers purchased Kratom products from more than 10,000 retail outlets, with an estimated annual market of more than $200 million U.S. dollars. The FDA, alarmed by the scale of imports of Kratom products, ordered the seizure of more than 25,000 pounds of raw Kratom material and nearly 90,000 bottles of dietary supplements labeled as containing Kratom between 2014-2016, quote-unquote, to safeguard the public from a dangerous product. Okay. And here's one last thing I'll add about that. It says in the report a little bit after that, an important consideration is that banning the availability of Kratom through scheduling could precipitate public health problems that do not presently exist or are at very low levels because this would shift the marketplace from a largely lawful retail market to illicit manufacturers and distributors with no regulated labeling, purity, or content standards, or effective ability to remove unadulterated products from the market. Remove adulterated products from the market. It's a great point. Okay, so then moving towards the end of this policy review. Um... And, you know, this isn't everything in here. It's really, it's a wealth of information, everyone. I just, you know, I feel like people didn't, you know, a lot. I don't think that people like this podcast as an audio book. So I'm trying not to, trying to, you know, find, strike the balance between reading some important stuff and, you know, not reading the entire report. So here's the last thing I'll read to you all. These are the four predicted outcomes that, that could come out of the World Health Organization this week. And this is through this policy review, which is which is really thorough. So, you know, you should definitely take it, you know, under consideration. 
Here's the first. Several scenarios may unfold from this point on. Number one, the Executive Committee on Drug Dependence may decide on the basis of the pre-review not to proceed, proceed to a critical review, but to keep Kratom and its compounds under surveillance. And that's what, you know, the AKA was saying might happen. Number two, if the ECDD decides to undertake a critical review, the outcome would all also not immediately lead to a recommendation to bring Kratom under international control. In the case of COT, K-H-A-T, which is another substance people should look into, um, I don't know much about it. Perhaps the most comparable recent example, the ECDD decided after a critical review that the level of abuse and threat to public health is not significant enough to warrant international control. Therefore, the committee did not recommend the scheduling of COT. And then, but it goes on to say a difference, however, in that case was that the main active compounds had, had, sorry, had already been scheduled under the 1971 convention. There have been several other cases where they recommended, you know, based on, on the basis of a critical review against scheduling, you know, but they're already under the 1971 convention, the fact that the therapeutic usefulness of Kratom has recently been acknowledged in the case of Thailand, legalizing Kratom as a traditional medicine, and in several U.S. states under the Kratom Consumer Protection Acts, are important considerations. Okay, number three. If a critical review would lead to scheduling recommendations, an important distinction will be whether the ECD decides to consider Kratom and its principal alkaloids for inclusion under the 1961 or the 1971 convention. This is super interesting and detailed, so take a listen to this, you guys. So, if they decide this week, hey, we need to consider a critical review, Kratom likely needs to be scheduled, you know, in some way. If they were to think that, there are two conventions they could do it under. Now listen to this, because this is important. Kratom's mixed stimulant and opioid-like properties and the comparison with CAT and its alkaloids would be an argument for consideration under the 71 convention. The 1971 convention deliberately excluded plants containing psychotropic substances from international control, so it would go against the, the control principles of the 71 convention to add Kratom itself to one of its schedules. But the ECD could, similar to CAT, recommend to only add metragenine 7-hydroxymetragenine to the schedules of the 1971 convention, which would enable countries to allow Kratom in its natural form. So think about that, you guys. Even if they decide critical review is necessary, scheduling is necessary, if they do it under the 71 convention, the 1971 convention, and they take the, you know, the standard route there, they could schedule the, the actual, you know, the active compounds within Kratom, but that would still allow for the natural leaf. So does that mean that, I mean, this is where I'm just, you know, rambling here because what the heck, it's my podcast, I can do what I want. Does that mean that Kratom, you know, wouldn't effectively change in the U.S.? Like, because, I mean, when you're getting the powdered leaf, it's just the leaf that's been ground up, right? Or, you know, based on whatever people are doing, does that mean that it has to just be the, the leaf, you know, after picking, but it, it can't be you know, cured in a certain way? Like, like, what does that mean? So that's an important distinction. It then says, 
1961 convention, to the contrary, does not allow to make any distinction between plant raw material and the psychoactive compounds it contains. So considering Kratom under the single convention would require countries to schedule both, and implementing the scheduling decision would be obligatory for all treaty parties. Okay, and then here's the last part, everybody, and then I'm going to hop off for today. Finally, an unlikely but nightmare scenario that needs to be averted is that in the case the ECDD recommends against international control, a member state still calls for a CND vote, CND meaning Commission on Narcotic Drugs, um, member state can st- or still calls for a, a Commission on Narcotic Drugs vote to schedule Kratom and or its alkaloids under the 1971 convention, contravening the World Health Organization advice. Erroneously, sc- scheduling procedures under the International Drug Control Convention's brochure claims that under the 1971 convention, the commission may decide, even contrary to the recommendation of the World Health Organization, to place or not place a substance under international control. While true that the margin of discretion afforded to the CND under the 1971 treaty is broader compared to the 61 convention, the commentary makes clear that if the World Health Organization finds that a substance does not meet the basic criteria for international scheduling, and by consequence expressly or impliedly recommends in its communication to the commission that the substance should not be controlled, the commission would not be authorized to place it under control. Doing so would be incompatible with the provision that the WHO assessment should be determinative as to medical and scientific matters. But the CND would, in fact, be authorized to add a substance to any of you know the 1971 schedules contrary to the WHO recommendation. It seriously undermines the WHO treaty mandate and should be contested and rectified before any member state tries to use it and sets a precedent. So it sounds like there's like a little loophole that could be taken if that were the case. So we don't want that because if anything, we want a firm ruling. I don't want anything to happen through loopholes. I want, you know, if they're going to ban it or recommend a ban, I want them to do that. I want them to say it. I don't want, you know, some sneaky in-between that's possible. Anyway, so I thought this was a super fascinating document. I hope everybody is, um, you know, enough of a Kratom nerd to appreciate it like I do. I'm going to link it in the description, like I said. Um, Also in the description, you can donate to this podcast. Thank you so much for your consideration and your support. Um, There's the Discord channel in there. There's a Robinhood link. If you want a free stock, start a Robinhood account with that link. You will get a free stock. And also I will. And that will help support this podcast as well. Um, By the way, everybody, completely off topic. Go Bitcoin. Okay. Um, But thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, Let's hope for the best. Again, now the World Health Organization is meeting behind their little closed doors. Let's hope for the best. I'm pretty confident. I don't know about you. I'm pretty confident. Okay, this was a bit of a longer one. I hope everybody was interested. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in, Kratom nerds. Love you all. Take care. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.